Okay, so we're podcasting again after a long break. Yes. Yeah. Let's get started. <laughs> good. All right, good. So we'll see how podcasting goes with a guy who's just a, a man of few words. Uh, so we'll, yeah. Well, what's on? Um, so so going forward, we're going to try to do this this format where we we talk about a few SEO news stories, and then kind of take on a a topic. Right. So mm-hmm. we've got a few things lined up. So what's um, what's first on yeah. the agenda? The so first on the agenda today is a uh, piece by Patrick Stocks, right? Where has Google's data gone? Can you, what can you tell me about this one? Uh, yeah, this is actually a, a podcast episode is, um, from this podcast okay. called Edge, Edge of the Web that I've, it's one of many of these. I'm trying to find the best SEO podcasts online. So if if anybody mm-hmm. listening has advice, you know, um, hit me up on on Twitter at Cord Bloomquist and and tell me about your your SEO podcast. Um, but but there was there were a lot of articles written about this topic, and this is from a little while ago. Um, this podcast episode. At least I created the note on this on July 17th, but I think the news broke around like mid or early July. Um, okay. Yeah. And what it was about is like when we go and look in uh, Google search console and look at the reports that it gives us there or the data that it shows us there, um, we can look at reports like um, d- just show me the number of, of uh, impressions and clicks on certain results, right? Um, and those, those aggregate numbers are, are totally accurate. So, so when Google says, you know, this page was seen 4.3 million times and clicked on 300,000 times, we can trust that that's accurate. Um, but where data goes missing is when you start looking at keywords. So if you switch that, you know, your view from pages over to keywords, um, those keywords could potentially be half or less of uh, of the data available. So um, Brian Stocks works for Ahrefs. And Ahrefs is one of the tools that we use to look at things like backlinks pointing into our client sites. Yeah, we, um, we've tried a few. And that's been our favorite for at least uh, more than the past year, right? We've tried uh, some similar ones. Yeah, we've tried uh, SEMrush and we've tried Moz and we've tried Majestic and I don't know. I just keep coming back to Ahrefs for the yeah the simplicity of it. Um, but uh, working at Ahrefs, he can he has access to a bunch of Google Search Console data um, because now if if you want to um, if you have an unpaid account if you have what what Ahrefs calls their Ahrefs Webmaster account you can share your Google search console data with Ahrefs to get access to some mm. of Ahrefs features for free. You basically get like the web crawler and. Oh, um, it's like a payment, disguise payment for them. Yeah. Payment. Yeah. Payment as data, data as payment. Um, right. So, yeah, yeah. so they have access to a ton of this data and looking at it anonymously, they just, they just started comparing. Um, okay. If we go through the whole list of, of keywords, um, and we're, we're pulling from the API or however they they were doing this, they were comparing it then to the aggregate numbers presented. And, and what they're seeing is, okay, 
you're you're only ever going to get this thin slice of actual keyword data. So like so what does that mean for people? It means um you you really you really can't be super confident what search terms are directing traffic to your to your specific web pages mm-hmm. or 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 maybe we should say you have to take those numbers as like plus or minus 50% or a hundred percent or something like that. Yeah. Um, and the reason that Google explains that it's doing this is because it's, it's just trying to anonymize terms. So you can imagine that, um, you know, some extreme case, like you're not just searching, um, you know, you're, you're not just searching hospitals near me you're searching hospitals near and you type in your exact address google's not going to show you that keyword uh that's somebody's private information um so it could potentially be used to identify someone or or narrow things down so google sees that as as somehow a privacy failure now for them to see Mm -hmm. that for it to be the case that um 46 percent of clicks are not having the keyword passed along to even the Google search console report seems yeah. pretty crazy to me. Um, cause you would think that a really small portion of the, at least the searches that I conduct on a regular basis have anything to do with my location or could possibly reveal who I am without having, you know, if you didn't mm-hmm. have my IP address, would you really know, you know, I search for, uh, garden hoses something like that. And I just see the home Depot results. How the heck are you going to pin that to me? And yet for pages that would seem to be stuff where you could really never, you you just wouldn't anticipate anything being personally linked to somebody tying back to them. It's still that case. And Ahrefs saw like huge variations in this, uh, between only like 2% of terms hidden as in the, the aggregate number, how many people clicked on this page in the last month might've been a thousand. And they saw 998, you know, keyword clicks are listed there um, all the way to 90% of the t- terms being hidden. So it says there's a thousand views wow. and you only see like a hundred keywords worth of clicks or a hundred clicks worth of keywords, I should say. Right. So, right. I mean, this is fr- frustrating in that, gosh, I, I would really like to know each and every keyword that was used to access a site. But I, I think especially for the folks that we work with, it's like this doesn't really matter and we still have a pretty strong indication of why people are coming to these pages right because we're writing mm-hmm. about like pretty broad or our clients are writing about pretty broad news issues um you know think tanks intellectual policy type magazines you know maybe some of the things could be interpreted because if you look up like abortion for example our clients could be writing about yeah. that there's a recent court case about it that's also a super sensitive issue. So Google could interpret some of the things that people put in there as being private or personal. Um, how you could possibly tie it back to an individual, I have no idea, but this is what Google's doing. Um, so what we're talking about here is when someone searches for a term on Google and mm-hmm. they click on a result that is your site, Yeah, that there's only... Uh, it's a flip of the coin whether you're going to know that they came to your site through that keyword that they put in Google, right? That's yep. what we're talking about here. And, yep. and the the headline of this uh, podcast episode is 
where has it gone? Which implies, I mean, in, in the past, this was all available, right? But that's what this is implying. Was, oh, in the in the distant or, past, this this stuff was available in Google Analytics. Yeah, that's what I remember too. So, yes, that's what I remember. Yeah, and, and now it's it's uh, it, yeah barely anything is available in Google Analytics now. You hardly see any keyword data there at all, and mm-hmm. that's because you're you're collecting too much all information times. in Google Analytics. So yeah, I mean, someone could yeah. type in something uh, with very little personal identifiable information in the query in Google Analytics, but because you could tie that to like you you knew their IP address and from that their location. Oh, that it, it would be Google Analytics used to have IP. It doesn't have uh, that now, right? You can still look at a lot of that stuff. I mean, we. I mean, you can old... see it in your server logs, of course. But uh, yeah, I don't know. It's uh, I don't know how you can tie it together. But sure, go you, on. You could right. tie it together with user agent and uh, yeah, like, yeah, I, I maybe know, you could piece and together the yes. puzzle and exactly when Post. they visited too. Um, mm-hmm. So so yeah, I mean. However, you could do it. We've never had any interest in trying to like micro-target or do anything of the sort, right? Where we've always no. viewed our job as as attracting a wide variety of people, and SEO is not about like weird micro-targeting stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But um, okay. Yeah, I mean, one of the one of the other reasons stated is that Google's maybe just not storing a lot of this information anymore. Um, so it's not just that they're hiding it, but that they're not collecting some information to begin with. Um, mm-hmm. So, I mean, the upshot of all of this, I think is, is that it, it, you know, it's, you can't do that sort of like fiddly keyword targeting that I just think is, is a fool's errand anyway. Uh, as in, it doesn't matter if you can see exactly how many people searched for, um, Dobbs court decision versus Roe v. Wade overturned versus whatever. If the page that you're writing about that issue talks about it and talks about it in a comprehensive way, yeah, we know that. I we mean, know yes. also that Google Google recommend pages. Um, for example, uh, there's a recent example brought up where where someone searched for um, Apple app development. Uh, and they're they're brought to a page that doesn't contain the word Apple at all. Um, it just talks mm-hmm. about the App Store. Um, it's someone mentioning everything that you mentioning the things that 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 searcher wants, but that that specific term isn't mentioned. Um, mm-hmm. And there's there's tons of cases like this now where Google's able to infer the topic of a page. Um, so th- that that means that you could make an oblique reference to something or talk about only the Dobbs decision and not mention Roe v. Wade to get back on that. example. It's not the most fun example to discuss, but whatever. Um, No, you could mention one and not the other and Google would know because it's, it's mapped together. So many of these subjects that that's what you're talking about. That's another thing. Yeah. It's much, so much smarter than it used to be. I mean, 10, 15 years ago, it, it this wasn't that smart. It couldn't figure out the context as well as it can today. So maybe you could argue that this mattered more before. I mean, it's not that long ago that you would have to write basically the same thing, just phrased differently to target different keywords. Yeah, you, you and, know, and you could try to make and it that's work. That's just well. not the case now. Especially, uh, you don't have I mean, to do that. That's very yeah. artificial, anyway. 
Well, that that sort of style used to there there used to be a pretty artful way I mean, when you when you needed to do yeah, that, okay. you could do it artfully in English at least because in in, yeah. in in writing in English we don't like to repeat the same uh, words over and over oh, again. Okay. So if you're mentioning someone's name, you might say the president, you might mm. say the Obama administration, you might say um, yeah the staff, whatever from the Oval Office. You know, you'd figure out multiple ways to be yeah. talking about the same. I can thing. see that. Um, it's still odd to have to focus on that and like look at the search trees coming to your side and really obsess over those details. Oh yeah, yeah. I think it's better today in that way. You just I mean, oh, you could you could see yeah. pages where it was clearly. Uh, in fact, uh, we don't have this in the in the list of of articles, but but someone posted to Twitter and it got quite a reaction of people like, you know, thousands of retweets and and likes, which is a lot for something that's like a geeky SEO joke. Um, mm -hmm. But someone was posting like a a local vacation spot or something like that that had a um, like an accordion, like little collapsible section at the bottom that says, you know, said something like, "What's this?" This is an area mm -hmm. for SEO, which is search search engine optimization. <laughs> um, so you can you can look here, but we don't recommend it or something like that. And if you expose the little accordion, they had all these like keywords sort of like mashed together and yeah. sort of repetitive sentences. Yeah. Which I is the, this. It's the craziest thing to do now. That's completely. In fact, that's that's likely more likely to get you flagged by Google than promoted by Google now. Mm -hmm. um, but anyway, I think those days are gone. I think it's good to not be obsessing over individual keywords. You know, our whole approach to this to to SEO is not about targeting individual keywords. I mean, we still do keyword research to figure out what topics you ought to be writing about, but to be obsessing over the sort of phrasing of individual things, I think is a huge a huge waste of time. So I guess uh, Google sending a clear signal take these keyword reports with a grain of salt because they're not going to be fully accurate. You know, they're saying privacy is the reason that seems like a partial explanation at best <laughs> in my mind. Um, Cause sometimes yeah, just seem like they, sure. they're just, I, I don't, I don't see how on earth you could make the case that, that that could be tied to an individual, but, um, but yeah, the, learning about that, but yeah, I don't see it. Yeah. All right, so we've talked. I think we've we've talked that one into the ground. Oh, Let's yeah. see if we can. Uh, <laughs> sure. What's next? So, uh, um, yeah, the next story is about. Um, we're going to talk about a lot of acronyms like QRG and MUM. What is QRG? What is that? Yeah, so the QRG is the Quality Rater Guidelines. Oh, I used to do this. Yeah. Yeah, you this. talked to me about that back in the day. So. <laughs> So yeah. for listeners, um, Google's quality raters, Google has about 130 or 140,000 employees. I think the last I looked it up and they might be shedding some of them given the current economic situation. Um, they've yeah. kind of said this, um, but they hire outside contractors called quality raters and quality raters use a set of guidelines and it's a big document. I think it's a hundred and some pages now. Um, yeah. I studied for tests when I did this. It's like, yeah, yeah. So, so they, yeah, they make people read it. They have to take a test on, you know, knowing they actually have to know what this quality rater guide says and, and how to, how to score results this way. But the, um, the quality raters basically give better feedback to the engineers. Um, so the engineers want to produce a certain kind of result and they list what that kind of result is. It should be something that shows a lot of expertise, 
a lot of authority. They want something that reflects the consensus. Um, and that's what this, that's, this particular news item is about. Uh, where does this come to us from? Search engine land. So Google, nice Google name. talked about this uh, consensus issue specifically. So the quality rater guideline says, uh, if you look up something like, um, is the mumps vaccine dangerous, right? They want to promote mm -hmm. what they call the consensus view. So what, what the vast oh, majority okay. of people think. Yeah, that makes sense. Right. So, yeah. so they, they, they don't want to promote something, even if, even if there's a ton of links to something, um, yeah. and maybe, maybe there's a ton of links to, to, um, somebody discussing vaccine skepticism in like a mainstream paper. So let's say the New York times wrote mm -hmm. an article. It got a lot of attention, a lot of links pointing to it, lots of signals that would suggest this is important, but in it, it's talking a lot about how people think that this vaccine causes some other syndrome, whatever. We don't need to get into all of that. Um, yeah, yeah. but it causes some sort of harm. Um, Google's now using, so it's, it's asking the quality raters, let us know if something is sticking out in these results that doesn't appear to be part of this consensus, right? So part of that scoring mm -hmm. is going through the top 10 results. You know, does one of these seem like a weird departure from what everybody else is saying here? Mm -hmm. uh, and Google has announced that the way that it's enforcing that algorithmically is uh, this thing called MUM. So I'm going to actually have to click the link to oh. remember what MUM stands for. Oh, it's that um, spelled. Oh, oh, it's like a British MUM. Okay. Like British MUM. Yeah. M-U-M. Yeah, and that stands okay. for the Multitask Unified Model. And as though saying that sheds any light on what we're talking about. Well, you know, well, okay. Yes, but MUM is a, uh, it's, it's one of Google's NLPs or natural language processors. Um, mm -hmm. It now understands 75 languages and it, it can do things like basically it can parse a sentence, understand how those fit into paragraphs to then understand what is being discussed and how it's being discussed and even the tone of how it's being discussed. Mm -hmm. So yeah. um, is this an, is this a negative point of view on this? Is this a positive point of view on this? Is it neutral? So Google's looking for things that are, are usually written in a very neutral tone, like the way that you would expect a quality news article to be written or a Wikipedia right, page right. is written. Just this is this and this is that not, um, this is this and it's horrible or isn't it wonderful that this happened? It's not making a lot of normative statements. It's just making mm -hmm. factual statements. Um, but this, the, the, the sort of interesting thing now is that Google has said, basically it's using mum to figure out what the topic of the page is, what statements it's making. And then it's comparing, um, multiple websites using that mum understanding. So you can imagine that like, even if a sentence says the vaccine efficacy is 86% for people between the ages of 17 and 35. And the next, yeah. the next website says this vaccine work, you know, is 93% effective for people between 16 and 42, right? It uses different sentence structure, different percentage, different age ranges, yeah, Google's okay. able to understand those things to say, okay, yeah. these two are saying roughly the same thing, right? 
they're yeah they're saying that this vaccine works and, well and that's um, how it's uh that's how it figures out the consensus by doing that personal yes. size. And if none yeah, of the, if if right. you know n- nine out of the ten pages it's it's looked at says this is effective and uh, has these minor side effects and so on, and another page says, um, you know, this is made with formaldehyde and definitely poisons people, uh, and that's not yeah. mentioned anywhere on these other pages. It says, okay, this is outside of the consensus view. Now, mm. I, I'm not sure if this is good or bad or in between because w- one thing that people have brought mm. up about this is that it it even is going to downrank um, articles that talk about skepticism. So even if you're interested in – if I was interested in writing something because people in my area are skeptical of a certain thing and I'm trying to tell them, you know, it, it really yeah. is safe – uh, and I just wanted to find an article about vaccine skepticism. It might be harder to find that now on Google. Um, oh, and I'm not, okay. and I'm not talking about the skeptic saying, "Here are the ten reasons why the vaccine doesn't work." It's more somebody saying, "Here are what vaccine skeptics are saying about this, and the best counter arguments to those." So even something that's that's essentially pro the vaccine or in line with the consensus view. If it's talking oh. about things that are critical, oh, okay. it might be viewed by this language analysis as uh, as being outside that consensus. So, how uh, how long has Google been using the NLP piece like for, for the past ten years or five years? Okay, so I, I'm not sure. This is the first time that we've we've heard them talking about um about using Mum to understand. The, oh, okay. Um, yeah, and and I and we should we should actually um, correct what we just said about um, how it's using mum. It's using mum to figure out which featured snippet to promote. Oh, yeah. Um, to make sure that its wording is in line with the consensus. So, so those featured snippets oh, okay. are 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 when Google shows an answer at the top of of results before the, top the of first success link. Results. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. So you ask a question like. Um, you know, what's the fourth planet from the sun? It would say the fourth planet from the sun is Mars. And the reason, mm-hmm. the way that it's determining, hey, is the result I'm giving a good result? Is it's using MUM to figure out what many sites are saying about well, it. Yeah. Figuring out yeah, okay. where the consensus is at and pulling that out of there. Yeah, and displays the consensus on top. Yeah. Yeah. From all these. Uh, yeah, but but the QRGs, the the quality rater guidelines about consensus are not just about featured snippets; it's about results. Period. So, mm-hmm. you know what what this means then is, we may have stuff that if it's just discussing things from a critical point of view, or again like trying to debunk unfounded skepticism about an issue, or mm-hmm. you know just just doing anything other than giving you a kind of straight across the plate like basic pitch on the topic, um, it might yeah. not appear in those results. So I think for, for at least certain issues where there's maybe controversy around it um, or, or things that fit under Google's YMYL framework, and that's mm-hmm. your money, your life. So Google's particularly sensitive when people are talking about investment advice, um, a thing that you should buy, like reviews of products, um, you know, yeah. what's the rental rate in my area or your life? Like, is this diet safe? Um, 
what to do if I find a spot on my skin or whatever, you know, people looking up uh, medical things. Mm-hmm. Um, Google's particularly sensitive about that. And I think that's where we're going to see this sort of consensus finding mummified uh, view of things coming into place. Mummified. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, I'm just wondering if this is maybe a growing pain, the, the issue about uh, skepticism, like you said, like if it's a relatively new uh, yeah. technology that you're using in the history of Google, then yeah, uh, you could yeah. you could see um, you could see that in the future it may be able to get more nuance. That yeah, although yeah. this page is discussing objections to the consensus, it's also discussing the consensus view or whatever, you know, it's just trying to, it's trying to Mm. take on common arguments against the consensus view and um, whatever, present both sides of something. Right. Um, Yeah. But yeah, that's, it's not exactly uh, how it's working now. (laughs) So that would be good in the future. So, so what that means, I think the way that you put that into action, if you're one of our clients uh, or if you're a publisher out there working on these topics is that, yeah, you can have a piece that discusses something critically or presents um, both sides or all sides of an argument, even the craziest sides of an argument. Mm-hmm. But in order for things to to appear in Google, you've got to have mm-hmm. at least one page that's discussing something, discussing the, sort of the accepted view on stuff, the mainstream view of something uh, in a very straightforward that's way. That's interesting. Yeah. That's, yeah. Yeah. So it's it's probably a good a good um, rule going forward that you you have both the straight up definition page and then the like dissecting critical arguments page and one can certainly mm-hmm. link to the other. Um, so your definition okay. page that's just very straightforward. It's not going to have any negative effects. No, I, I don't. I don't no. think so. Um, okay. Yeah, and 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 again, like um, to to be clear with folks who are listening, the quality raters don't rate websites. They just rate the, the results of search. So it, yeah. it's not as though a person is going to read your page and say, Oh, this is a good page or a bad page. It should appear higher or lower in search results. That's not the case at all. Uh, no. It's, it's that um, it says the algorithm's doing a good job according to what you told me I'm supposed to look for in this quality rater guide. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm still having a flashback. <laughs> like, I, I think maybe it is a small weight factor, the quality of the site. I was just thinking back, but it's, yeah, the, the main point is that... Oh, there's undoubtedly query, scores scores assigned yeah. to the quality of the site. Um, but I'm saying that that is assigned by the algorithm. Yeah, you're pairing query re- with a result. That's the main point. And yeah. I'm just, yeah, yeah. That's... Uh, Sure. All right. I think we've we've okay. we got we got that one down too. Uh, what's yes. what's next on the the agenda? Uh, we've got here from Google what to do with old event pages. Yeah, that's a good question. Yeah, this yeah. comes up a lot for for our clients. Like we've worked on this. Yeah, very common to have old events though for for our clients. Yeah. So so we've worked on this recently. It's kind of an ongoing thing with one of our clients. Um, and you'll mm-hmm. see this a lot, actually, if you look in, in Google search console and you go into the coverage report and you look for things that are uh, crawled, but not indexed. 
So that means Google has found that URL. It's run the parser it's through so there. But it's yeah. it's it said I'm not adding this to the index, right? And that's and that's usually because the 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 page is what's called thin, uh, meaning mm-hmm. there's just not a lot of content on it. Uh, and Google usually just it, it seems to have a rule. Maybe there's rare exceptions where something is has barely any text on it, but it just has a million links pointing to it, and maybe it's you know the greatest quote ever from Mahatma Gandhi or something. And, and that's all the page needs to contain. So there's always exceptions, but in general, something that only has one or two sentences on it is not very valuable to people. It's probably not going to answer whatever their search query is. So Google doesn't bother with mm-hmm. them. Um, and that's just to keep the the size of the index down. And, and actually yeah. I've read some things recently, like academic studies um, probing at Google from the outside that suggests that because you can see, Whenever you do a search, you know, Google says, you know, here's results one through 10 out of 9 million. Those yep. out of numbers have shrunk over the last several years. At least I think that's okay. I, I'm just thinking of something from memory. Uh, but the idea is that Google's getting better and better at like slashing out the trash, uh, at, at disregarding thin, low information pages. So we see this yeah. all the time when we work with clients, and nine times out of 10, you look at that and it's an event listing. Um, cause the event listing contains really important information, uh, before the event occurs, I need to be at this place at this time in order to, to participate or witness this event, whatever it is, you know, you're going to go see a mm-hmm. speaker or a panel discussion or whatever. But of course, after the event, it's sort of worthless. Um, now there's some exceptions to this. We have clients who post, um, videos, audio, sometimes even full text transcripts of the event. But in that case, Google is going to recognize those things as having um, a video embed, media files, a a super long, like 3,000 word transcript is not going to qualify as a thin page. Mm -hmm. Um, So, um, but this news, this news story relates to the fact that uh, John Mueller, um, one of the uh, one of the people on the search team, I don't know if he's called a search liaison or search evangelist or whatever, uh, but he, um, along with Gary and Martin at Google, are, are he's like, you know, one of the three people who answer questions from SEOs and sort of talk about how search works. Um, but he said that, yeah, basically you ought to delete these things and move on, right? If these things have little value, it's sort of, it almost goes without saying things with little value ought to be deleted um, because you want your website to be something that provides useful information and answers actual questions. Um, do you I think know, it's difficult to get clients to do that? Delete content like this? Yeah. Well, I mean, wh- the way that we've compromised, yeah, the way that we've compromised in the past with clients is like, great, let's just set something that says, let's, let's add some logic to the site that says, if there's no video, no audio mm-hmm. and no transcript. Mm-hmm. Let's just mark this page as no index and just tell okay. Google it's fine. Just skip this. And is that just as good uh, for, for Google? No index it as still getting it? Well, the thing is, it's still going to crawl the page. Yeah. Um, so unless you had a way of, I don't know. Okay. So it's still spending crawl, crawling budget from Google, which is. Yeah. yeah. And it's, it's hard to think of a good way to programmatically tell Google not to crawl that page. And that the next topic I have in the lineup is how we, mm-hmm. how you can block things from crawling using uh robots.txt. Um, 
which I thought was interesting here. So we, we can kind of get into that now. Yeah. Um, the, the rules that, that you have in, so robots TXT is the standard that, that tells search engines, Google, uh, Yandex, Baidu, Yahoo, um, mm-hmm. Bing. Yahoo doesn't really count anymore because it's, I think it's still powered by Bing. Um, yeah, it doesn't really have its own crawler. Um, but robots.txt is a 25 year old standard or more. That's very simple. Mm-hmm. Um, you can specify user agents. So you can say, here are the rules for Googlebot. You know, here are the yeah. rules for Baidu or Yandex or whatever. Um, and those rules are allow. And then you can specify a URL, a directory, and you can use things like the asterisk, the little star, as a variable saying anything that starts with this. So let's say, let's say you didn't want Google to index events at all. You could list a little rule that says disallow and then slash events if, if all your events are under a slash events URL. And then put that little mm-hmm. star in there. So anything that's under events, you know, ignore. Um, so it, it's hard to see how you would do this. Um, unless you went into robots.txt every month, you could update it and say, uh, disallow anything starting with, you know, events slash 2022 slash one, because January has passed. And now is, we're going um, to not, not, not crawl any of those. Is this uh, using the robots.txt TXT file, which is a text file? Is that, like, is that better than adding a no index? Does it happen before Google even goes, or, or is it just the same? I'm just trying to understand why you would... Uh, why you would do both, or why you would do one or the other? Oh, why you would... Well, why you would... Uh, because you're saying, yeah, go in and manually edit the file, but you, you could just, uh, yeah, have this site uh, update the meta tag of that, those pages to be no index as well. I'm just wondering if, if it's exactly the same, or, or do you yeah. just... It's not exactly the same because if you, let, like, let's say that we, we do what we do on for one client where we've kind of reached a compromise position, marking all those pages mm-hmm. as no index means Google may still crawl all. And I think yeah. in this case, it's like 8,000 <laughs> past events. Mm-hmm. So it's still visiting those pages and it's still seeing, oh, you know, what links are on these pages. And even though it's marked as no index, so Google's not going to show that in the search results, it's still going to that page, finding all the links that are on that page, following those links, it's still spending time. Yeah. On it. uh, it's still creating connections between that page and other pages that you may want to have in the index. And if that page just doesn't have anything to offer, um, it, it should just go, it should just go away. Um, I, uh, so you could try thing? to get it to, you could try to get it to do both by both marking it as no yeah. index and marking it in robots. TXT is, don't crawl here. That would kind of be the equivalent of, of deleting it. You're definitely deleting it from, from Google at that point. Um, but, but there could still be links pointing out to it that Google knows are links that resolve, which means you could still be passing like page rank onto it. So I think it still mm-hmm. muddies the signals, even if you're not crawling it and not indexing it. The fact that it's there, it's a valid URL. I think it makes sense yeah. to just get rid of it altogether. Yeah, it can sometimes be hard to people delete content like this, but I wanted to ask, uh, have you ever considered 
or read about anyone doing this. Um, you were talking about user agents before. You you could block just bots from being able to access those pages at all. What do you think that would uh, result in? Would that be better? Yeah, but but um, it, you would you would have to figure out a way to do it on a case by case basis because in some cases, yeah, the events are super useful. They're they're like a video of really smart people talking about um, an interesting topic. You have a full transcript of the event, so it's like perfectly indexable by Google and could be found yeah. under bunches of keywords because every word that they've said is now made into text on the screen. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it, yeah, yeah, that's what I mean. It just seems like um, um, it seems like the ideal solution is to say like if if we just don't have any content, yeah, to, to delete this, it, yeah, yeah, you know, mm-hmm. just clear it out. Yeah, just wondering for those that are yeah, yeah. Or you know, uh, actually, the, the best the best solution is always record record every single event that you can that's fit for public consumption, and mm. and send the video uh, or audio off to a service like Rev.com or whatever, and get a transcript made, and make oh, your event yeah. make your event archive nice. You know, make it it is really valuable content. I mean, often you know we work with with uh, think tanks that have you know, really incredible smart people. Okay. The, you know, a, mm-hmm. a past, past member of the federal reserve is going to debate this academic economist about the best policy going into this recession. Right. Yeah. Seems, seems like valuable content to me, Okay, yeah. but, but sometimes it, that stuff just a, gets like thrown away essentially. I guess it's on a case by case basis because it really depends if you want your site to be found for, for that content or not. Um, like uh, you don't want to be found for a Christmas party event for 2017 or something. So, but uh, yes, yes, it was exactly. a remarkable uh, conference with uh, some good discussions. Having those transcribed, yeah, probably could be valuable. Uh, yeah, yeah, but yeah that, okay. that brings us to this this larger topic of of robots txt. Um, mm-hmm. And and I think there's just like uh, for people who are I mean maybe there's people who aren't technical at all listening, whose eyes are just kind of rolling into the back of their head at this conversation. Yeah, but probably. Here here's why I think it's important. Um, you know, Google's trying to make a map of your of your site, and it does that like somebody would make a map thousands of years ago. It walks around, <laughs> you know, it just sort of wanders from place to place, figuring out how things are connected. You know, so it goes onto your site and visits a page, and then it. It write it makes a list of every link that's on that page, and then it starts following every link on that page, and in, invariably it's going to find the same link over and over again, especially the links in your, you know, your menu or your footer or whatever, um, and it's going to ignore those. Yep, already gone there. Uh, but it spends some time doing that, and it's a ton of resources. And if Google didn't respect things like robots.txt or otherwise apply its own limits to its crawling, Google could spend its entire budget. On crawling the web, yeah, so from, is from it marking get, the no-go areas with with that file? Yeah, yeah. Uh, or or also just marking internally. We know that they do things like they don't visit older pages very often because mm-hmm. they don't expect mm-hmm. them to change. So the the crawler is set to be economical because it has it has to be, or else Google could just be it could be using almost unlimited computing power um, to crawl the web yeah. all the time at, at just a sort of faster and faster rates. Um, so, you know, once Google got venture capital, that is one of the things that they 
invested time into is is crawling the web faster because initially Google was only updating the index like once a month or something like that. Um, oh wow! Even 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 when it was a, a pretty popular used site, but but um, once it had lots of capital, it was a thing of we have to figure out a way to to strategically crawl the web, right? It's going to crawl the New York Times lots and lots, especially it's, uh, you know, pages that begin with slash 2022. Maybe they're not formatted that way now, but you know what I mean? They're mm-hmm. going to find new content, crawl it over and over and over again, because there might be updates to stories and so on, you know, but with, um, you know, your local lawnmower repair guy, uh, his website is is not getting crawled as frequently as New York Times. His content hardly ever changes. He never makes updates. You know, he's got his price rates and stuff on there. So Google's yeah. strategic about that stuff. But you can help them be strategic with your own website by by blocking certain things. So one of the things we do frequently is blocking something like slash question mark equals search star. And that means don't crawl search results. So if somehow... If somehow just through crawling, Google's able to get into search results of your your yeah. website's own internal search, we definitely don't want them to be crawling those pages because they're not Messages. pages that we wrote. They're not they're not like a category page or a landing page that we designed on purpose. It's just something based on some random query. Um, so oftentimes this happens because somebody accidentally links to a search result page or something like that internally. And then Google's like in your search directory and it might be able to now start clicking links that add, add years to the search results or add this or add that. The URL changes and Google just keeps falling down yeah, the sort of search hole. Exactly. And like you were saying, even though you mark those as no index or you put them in the robots.txt, they, they might still crawl it, which is going to send your budget. So really for those cases, it, it, sometimes it can be useful to really block those... Uh, those user agents from going there, the bots. But it, yeah, it depends on the case. We, we really have to do that sometimes because uh, it's also still can be an issue for your server if you have a too much traffic going there. Um, yeah. Because it's unlimited pages. There's no limit if you have facets or sorting, anything dynamic like that. Yeah, it can also really affect how Google views how everything is related to each other. As in, mm-hmm. um, uh, I don't know if you can hear this, but yeah, I've got little kids in the background making noises and being upset. Oh, you're so. fine. Okay. Well, uh, yeah, the, the other thing that it can do is just confuse things. So it's not only wasting Google's time, but Google's trying to make a map of how every page on your website relates to every other page on your website yeah. and every other page on the internet for that matter. Um, so in doing so, if you're providing it with lots and lots of pages that are sort of low low quality and don't matter you're confusing you're confusing its ability to kind of make sense of what your website is all about what's important mm-hmm. what's not um okay if, if it crawls all these search pages um and the same pages come up in search results over and over again are those pages important you know maybe not mm-hmm. um yeah so it it's and and as as we've done in the, this in the past um, like we've done recent projects where we've been able to take Google from crawling like 35 million URLs for a particular client. And most of those mm-hmm. URLs were, were no good. They were print pages. They were comment pages. Yeah. They were all sorts of cruft 
to Google's still crawling a lot of pages for that for that client, but it's now down to three million or something, and that client maybe has a quarter of a million valid URLs. Um, yeah. So we're still working on on cutting down, um, cutting down the sort of meandering crawling that they're doing there. Um, but doing it more is going to help. And as and as we've done things like that for clients, we've seen their search was their their traffic go up because Google's just making able to make better sense of their website and index, you know, new stuff faster because it's just not wasting its time sort of running around in circles, seeing this, you know, the same, the same content just under different weird URLs. Yeah. Silly. All right. Well, how, how long uh, have we been, have we been going here a while now? Uh, I can't find the timer, so I don't know. I don't know either. I'm, I'm blind here in Zoom. <laughs> um, there used I, to be I, a timer, I think. Yes, there used to be. I, th- I think we used to have some sort of readout on the timing, but I think uh, we've gone a while, and I think there may also be yeah. some sort of an, an ongoing meltdown with my children. So, uh, all right, I may I may need to go do dad stuff, but for now, I think we've. Yeah, we, we met our goal. We we discussed a few news items and uh, and mm-hmm. and robots txt. And um, for anyone interested, if if you are listening to this, and I know that there are still a few subscribers to our podcast feed, and you have <laughs> questions about SEO, how should I title my posts? Yeah, what do I do about robots.txt? What should we? How should we internally link our site? Um, you know, what SEO plugin should we use on WordPress or or module on Drupal? Any question you can think of at all, um, from the basic to the super esoteric and weird, um, we're open to them. So uh, probably the best way right now is to find find me on Twitter. So at Cord Bloomquist on Twitter or at Tallestry Digi, I think we are on Twitter. Um, yeah. I'll, I'll throw those things into the show notes and just direct those questions my way. I'll compile them and either me or Anar will answer them on the next, on the next episode or on some future episode. Yeah. If you find, if you, if we find your question worthy. <laughs> <laughs> um, Probably is. Yeah. But, and, and we'll try to do that in a, in a manner of speaking by just um, bringing up the questions that, that come about in the regular course of business. Um, so we're always answering questions for our clients and advising them on what to do. Um, and as those things come up and they seem sort of interesting, um, we'll add them here, but for now, I think that's, um, that's a pretty good episode. So until next week. Yeah. Okay. Next week. Bye.